You're listening to episode 10 of Widowcast by Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. Well, hello, hello, my friends. I'm glad that you've joined me today. I started asking on Facebook and of other widows that I know in passing conversation, I started asking them all the same question because I was really curious about this one. What I asked was, what do you wish you knew before becoming widowed? What did you wish you knew when you first became a widow? I knew I had a list of things that I wished I had known things that kind of took me by surprise. There were things that I was told by another widow just within a couple days in, and thank goodness she told me because it made such a difference to me. So the, the answers were pretty varied and sometimes even contradicting. That's kind of how widowhood is. As much as we all have in common, and we have a lot in common as widows, I firmly came to realize that there is nobody else who can understand what a widow is going through and dealing with except another widow. We really have that deeper understanding and insight that allows us to connect to each other. But our experiences aren't always the same. Our experiences are kind of all over the board. So as much as we have in common, we also have a singularly unique experience of it. One widow wrote to me and said, one of the things I wish I had known was that for every person that said, call me if you need anything, really didn't mean it. Several times I would call and either I didn't get a return call or was told they were tied up and it would be a couple of weeks before they had some free time. So um, she said she felt that it was just easier to pay a stranger to come help her and move along. That's a little opposite of what I found. Surely there were people who would be too busy to help you. But I finally found when I would put out there what it is I needed, and I would put it out there in a big way. It's just like when I posted on Facebook about my birthday and said, hey, you all are on notice. This year, I want birthday cards, darn it. The response was overwhelming. So the help may come from places that you don't even expect it. If you put word out, perfect strangers sometimes will turn up or nearly strangers, maybe, you know, someone who's just a distant acquaintance. But if they hear that you need something, they'll be the one to step up. You'd be surprised when you asked. But yes, it is true that a lot of people will say, call me if you need anything, because they don't really know what else to say to you. It becomes a catchphrase. It's just like everybody, when you first become widowed, running into you and saying, how are you? How are you doing? And really, they don't want to hear exactly how you're doing. They don't want to stand on the sidewalk for the next hour. (laughs) Because if we started pouring it out, man, there would be no stopping, right? So we say, I'm fine. Really, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so our response is just as automatic as they're saying, how are you doing? Or call me if you need anything. One of the things that I wished I had had a little heads up on myself 
is the fact that some people will shun you. Fortunately, not all, but be aware, some people will shun you. And the reason is they're trying to protect themselves from the terrible feelings of not knowing what to say to you, or because they can't even look into your face because they're looking into the face of their own mortality or the mortality of their spouse. That's what you suddenly represent to them. And they don't even want to think about that. You are scary to them and they're really uncomfortable with that. They can't face it. So they simply turn away. They may not even be completely consciously aware that they're doing that to you. They may make excuses to themselves. Well, you know, I couldn't drop by to see her because I couldn't go to the funeral because I, you know, just life goes on for them and they drop you like a hot potato. <laughs> and I was kind of stunned at the number of people who did drop me. It, a lot of them were friends that were friends of Jim's before we were even married, uh, but they had become my friends. It had been over 22 years that I had known some of these people and they kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, there was one friend who was a very close friend of Jim's before Jim and I met. And he reached out to me constantly. Every few weeks, I would get a phone call. I would often get emails from him just checking in on me. And I have to tell you, he became very dear to me. And he still is simply because of that. Taking the time, just those little things, just making a phone call now and then to say, what's up? How are you doing? What's going on with this? Um, and he was somebody that I could talk to and share memories with about Jim because he had memories of his own. And I think he was going through grief of his own so that we could share that. So when others seem to slink away and disappear, just know that it's, it's nothing about you. <laughs> it's nothing you did. It's not that they don't like you. It's all about them and what they cannot face up to. And the ones who are there for you, they are your treasure. And remember them always. I'm sure you will for the rest of your life. You will never forget to send them a birthday card because they become that dear to you. Probably the number one thing I would want to share with every new widow is that however you are feeling is fine. It's not normal. Nothing is normal. There's no normal for being widowed. There is no five stages of grief. I can't tell you the number of people who wanted to start telling me about the stages of grief so they could assess what stage I was in. I just want to punch them in the face because grief is all over the map. It really is. So you roll with whatever you feel and with, with whatever you're thinking. It's all okay. Cry or don't cry. I found for the first 36 hours after Jim died, I couldn't even cry because I was in such a state of shock. And I thought something was really wrong with me. I really did. But it's all fine. Whether you are screaming and crying in anger, sitting in a corner, sobbing over the relationship you shared, or if a memory grabs you in the gut halfway down the stairs and you've got to sit in the middle of the staircase and just have a cry, plug along. It's all normal. It's all fine. Whatever you're feeling or not feeling, it's all good. It's up to you. It's, it's your normal, but there's no 
map of this is what a widow is supposed to feel like and this is what a widow is supposed to do because every relationship is different and every reaction is going to be different. Another person told me um, that she found she wanted to talk about her dead husband all the time, even inappropriately so. Um, and I get that. You find yourself telling the cashier in a store all about your husband's death and all about how you met him. And you leave the store and you feel so stupid because you think, how could I have babbled on and on like that to a complete stranger? But you're going to want to talk about it. You are. So find the people that will talk about the dead person with you. Um, there are others that are feeling the loss and maybe they want to talk about them too. Um, or find a friend and tell them, I need to just talk it out. Would you, would you be the listener for me? I really, I just need to talk about him and see if they will come over and sit down with a glass of iced tea, glass of wine, whatever it takes and let you just talk it out. I found that journaling really helped me because I could start pouring that all out into a journal, writing it all out tedious and longer than talking about it, but it's helpful. It's really helpful to write, even to write how you met them, the things you did together. You're going to want to talk about all of it. Know that you will misplace documents. You will send the check for the power company to the phone company. You will refile things in a place where you will never find them again. <laughs> You will throw things out and forget that you got rid of them and be looking for them a few weeks later. It's okay. Take it slow. You have serious fog brain. You need to set reminders for yourself. Document everything you can. I thought I was so organized. I thought, oh, I've got this. I'm really thinking through anytime I change the place of anything. But I got six months out and I suddenly realized I had no idea where some things were in my house. And I still struggle with that today. I'll go to look for something and then think, oh my gosh, in those early days of widowhood, when I thought I needed to organize all the household papers and get things and no telling where I put some of this stuff. So just be aware of that. It's going to happen. You get a pass on it. Remember, I've talked about having the one-year widow pass. So for at least a year, you have a widow pass. You don't have to be held accountable for any of this. You will laugh at completely inappropriate and sometimes even morbid things. Gallows humor is really a thing. And as a widow, suddenly you find gallows humor. And if you find a friend in another widow, you can both sit on the sofa laughing until your sides split, <laughs> laughing till tears are coming down your face over something that someone who was not a widow would be completely shocked about. It's fine. We widows share a real different view of life. And yeah, that morbid widow's humor comes out. And I don't know that it ever goes away. I'm 14 months in. I can still laugh at something so inappropriate that other people would put their hands to their mouth. 
it's just part of what happens, I think. You know, when you lose someone so dear and close to you, like having a leg and an arm chopped off, your eyes open to life like never before. I think it's almost a state of enlightenment. Suddenly the veils drop away from our eyes and priorities snap into laser focus. You know, you begin to know what's important, what's really important. So widows may make decisions that look completely rash to other people, but trust me, we are making decisions that we know from our gut. Now that we know how fragile life is and we know what every single day of life means to us, it's a real different point of view. Another widower offered to me one sentence. He said, life goes on. So simple and succinct. And so it does. Even when you're sitting in that days, in the early days after losing your spouse, life is going on around you. It's fine. You will even be able to laugh again. It might make you feel guilty, but it's a joy to the one who's passed, I'm sure. And being able to smile and find joy in your life, it's a tribute to the life that you had shared together. Life goes on. Another widow wrote to me, I was thinking that you will learn how to live with the pain, smile through the tears, and that you're stronger than what you give yourself credit for. All true. All true. Life goes on. Most importantly, almost every widow said to me, I wish I had known there were others out there I could connect with right away. The support of another widow or other widows is the most amazing gift. So find your new tribe. You can look to hospice groups, look in your local community for groups, reach out. Even the funeral director at the funeral home is going to be able to assist in directing you to seeking support, finding help, places where you can connect with other widows. And you might be amazed at the friendships that develop and you will have somebody that you can sit on the sofa with and laugh hysterically over something so completely morbid the neighbors would be shocked. But there you go. So laugh, cry, dance naked in your living room with the drapes open. If that's what needs to happen, it's all good. It's all fine. It's your new normal. So get out there and find some joy in your life. Thank you for listening to this episode. This recent review I would love it if you would leave Tess, a review for me in iTunes. It and helps it us get noticed to other widows out there who said, might need to hear this. I lost my dad or to a the few family ago, of widows. You know, I so recently found a review on iTunes. Is going through. She's the same age as Joanne, which is great since so often when you look for helping a widowed parent, it is for much older women who are not independent. Thank you, Joanne, for sharing your story and real life perspective. That is so awesome. I want to thank you for that review. I'm really touched at the idea that families of widows could listen to this podcast series and gain some insight into what their mother or their sister um, or whoever else it is in their family that has lost a spouse gain some insight into what they're going through. 
I think that would be really helpful. I'm not sure that other people can really wrap their minds around what it is that a widow goes through. So thank you for that review. I really appreciate it. And anyone who wants to drop me a line, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at joanne, J-O-A-N-N, at joannethelifecoach.com. So definitely find some joy in your life. And until next time, thank you.